Today's share in the Dirshu Mishnah Yomi program is Daf Kuf Tez Vav, Omad Aleph. And we're in the second volume of Mishnah Simon Reish Vav. And we're on the top line, beginning with Sif Gimel. The Mechaber writes, all the brachos that we've been dealing with, the proper way to make them is Whatever the bracha is that you're making, when you make the bracha, you should immediately eat after you've made the bracha. The Mishnah Bruri in Sivkot Yodal says this isn't only for the dinam of brachos of Hanah. He says, The same thing applies, you're shaking a lulav and esr, you're listening to shofar blowing, you shouldn't have any interruption between the saying of the bracha and the performance of the mitzvah. So this is true here for birchas hanenim as well as for birchas mitzvah. No interruption as much as possible between the saying of the bracha and the eating of the food item. The Ramah adds Hagah, Yoser michadei dibor. What do we mean by more than an acceptable amount? You shouldn't have any interruption. More than the amount of time that it takes for a person to have what's called kadei dibor, which the Mishnah Burin Sivkot Yudbeis reminds us. This is the amount of time that it takes for a Talmud to ask his Rebbe, Shehu Shalom Alech Rebbe, which he says to his Rebbe, I hope the Rebbe has peace. I hope the Rebbe is doing well. Shalom Alech Rebbe. Now, footnote number 17 reminds us of a whole discussion. It's a famous machlokis over here. Is it Shalom Alech Rebbe, or is it the amount of time that it takes to say Shalom Alech Rebbe Umori? So the Mishnabura Paskins over here, it's the three-word combination, which again, is a split second. It doesn't take a very long period of time. And as we'll see, unless you're doing something that is necessitated, in order to make this bracha, to have some sort of an interruption. For example, you're cutting the challah on Shabbos, so you can't do this in a, in a split second. It just takes you a little bit of time to cut off a slice of challah, so then that's not called the problem over here of an interruption. But if everything is not a problem and you interrupt, so then there is a concern over here in terms of a hesach hadas, which we'll now explain further. The Mishnah says, Any more than this Shalom Alecha Rebbe amount of time is considered an interruption. Now, we're talking here even if you're silent, that that silence alone is an interruption. Certainly, however, if you talk, even if a person says one word, that is halachically considered a hefsik. Unless, of course, it's needed for the bracha, as we've learned. So now there are a couple of Dirshu footnotes that discuss this. So let's look at Dirshu footnotes number 18, 19, and 20. So in Dirshu footnote 18, he brings down if you taste something in between that wasn't for the bracha, so you're about to have a, a glass of orange juice, you make a shahako, and then you go and taste an apple. So in this situation, that's not considered an interruption. That wouldn't constitute a hefzik requiring you to make a new bracha. If you were saying a bracha in room one, and then you go and eat the item in room number two, so the Sharetzion in Simon Kuf Samachazayin already told us, you shouldn't do this, because the actual going from one room to another often necessitates a new bracha. If you made a shakal in one room, and then you go eat in another room, so you have to make a new shakal according to many situations. So And this would be true unless there was no alternative. For example, you had to go and say the bracha in one place, but the food you're going to be eating is in another place. For whatever the reason, you can't make the bracha in the place that you're eating, because it's not a, a, a knocky place. There's not uh, an ability to make a bracha there's a foul smell or something like that. So in this situation, it would be considered a bidiev, and it would be acceptable to make the bracha in one place, and then eat it in the other place.
If a person forgot that he made a bracha already, and before he eats, he makes a second bracha. So Shlomo Zalman brings down that this doesn't appear to be a hefsik, even though it's a bracha batala, but it's not a hefsik, and he doesn't have to make a third bracha in this situation. And he says, And certainly, if the person mistakenly thinks that he's not allowed to go and eat or drink this item unless he makes another bracha. According to his mistake, he hasn't actually made a hefsik. So if he doesn't know the halacha, if you're not sure that you make a bracha or not, you don't have to make the bracha. So then, in this situation, he made the bracha, he thinks he's supposed to, so it's certainly not a hefsik. And that bracha is, in fact, not a hefsik. And this is also the opinion of Rabbi Yashiv Zatzal, who says, If a person made a bracha, he hasn't yet started eating. And he forgot, And he starts to make another bracha, It's not considered a hefsik, and it doesn't ruin it, and he doesn't make a third bracha in this situation. The issue of number 20 says that even though technically you are allowed to be mafsik, for example, there's no salt on the table, so you say, please bring the salt, so you're allowed to do that after you made the hamotzi, nevertheless, a person should do everything in his power, then he shouldn't have to interrupt l'chatrila. So, bid the evid, if you interrupt it in this way, it's acceptable, but you should certainly try to take care of everything beforehand, so you shouldn't have any interruptions. We continue in the Mishnah and he writes, There's another difference over here between just being silent after you made the bracha for a period of time to say Shom Lecha Rebbe and actually talking. If you actually spoke, that ruins the bracha. You have to make a whole new bracha. However, if a person was just silent during this period of time, so he should not have paused for so long. However, that's just lechatchila. Hurak lechatchila. After the fact, he paused for a period of time, but he didn't talk or interrupt. Even though this pause was for much longer than the split second that it takes to say, Shalom Alecha Rebbe, he doesn't have to go make a new bracha because the bottom line is, as long as he hasn't had a hesachadas, this isn't considered a hesachadas. So, it's not considered a formal hesachadas. Of course, if he did have a hesachadas, he'd have to go make a new bracha. Dear Shufut number 21 brings down. If you started talking as you're chewing, you haven't swallowed yet. So we've already learned in Simon Kuf Samach Zayin, it's a big problem. Do you have to make a new brach or not? And the reasoning over there for the Sophic was explained by the Bir Halacha. If the chewing for the purposes of eating is considered the trilas or or is it the swallowing that's considered the achila? And he brings from the Chayyadam that you should at least not talk before you've swallowed something, at least the taste over here of something, before you start talking. The issue of number 22 brings down that if you paused in order to hear somebody talking, in order to follow what your friend is saying, so Shlomo Zalman Satsal brings down, In this situation, you also don't have to make a new bracha. You actually didn't do something, you just listened. That's not considered a hefsik or a hesachadas. Likewise, if you're listening to somebody else make the bracha, and you're going to eat based upon that bracha, he's being motzi you, so then you should eat right away as well. And if you delay in doing so, and you don't take the food into your mouth within the tok kidei dibur, so Shlomo Zalman writes, It looks as if you don't want to be yotzi with him. Why didn't you eat it right away? And he says, in this situation, the shiur may be a hefsik, and he's not sure what the halach is. However, he says in regards to kiddush and birchas 
which often entail a delay in the cup being passed around, for example, or the challah being cut, so then that delay is not considered significant, and there is no chashash over there of a hefzik. Back to the Mishnah Brewer. The Mishnah Brewer continues, and he writes, that when you make a and you make it shahakal, and then your Rebbe comes along, or somebody you're afraid of comes along, you shouldn't interrupt and say hello to them, even if it's a covered of a yira, before you go and drink, otherwise it's considered a hefsik. Tissue foot number 23 brings down, because it's very, very easy for a person to quickly take a sip and not really encounter a lack of kavod or a, a concern of fear in this situation, as opposed to in davening, where that is a, a, a bigger concern. He gives another reason as well. Mishnah continues, In this situation, where you did stop for kavod of a yira, and you interrupted, you do have to make a new bracha. And he says, And even for something important in the davening, to answer Amen, for Kaddish or Kedush or Baruch you also should not interrupt. Likewise, don't make a brach on something that is either too hot or too cold for you to drink right away, because we're also concerned then, there'll be an interruption or delay between your bracha and your eating or drinking it. Somebody did make a bracha. And after he made the bracha, he sees that the item is disgusting, so he should try to eat a little bit of it, so it shouldn't be a bracha of atola. But, Dirshu foot number 25 brings down from the Shari Tshuva that if it really disgusts him, he shouldn't eat it because it's an issue of Baal which is, of course, according to many, a Daraisa, and you wouldn't be allowed to go and eat the item if you really are, are disgusted by it. But he says if it's, let's say, part of it has mold on it or the other part is fine, so then if you can take a little bit of, of a bite from the part that's not disgusting, that would be preferable. Then he adds, the Mishnah If you're going to drink something from a cup, but you're going to pour off a little bit before you drink for some reason, so first pour it off. And then make the bracha. Because the tervayu is new. There are two problems over here. Number one, because there's an interruption between you making the bracha and you're pouring off some of the drink. And also, it looks like you're being mavaz at a bracha. Here, you just made a bracha, and now you're pouring some off. And this is the opinion. Now, if you want to eat a walnut over here, so don't make the bracha and then crack the walnut open and then eat the inside. Elo yishabrena, first crack the walnut open, the and then go make the bracha on the walnut. Because it's an unnecessary interruption after you made the bracha to crack open the walnut. Crack it open first and then make the bracha. Tishu foot number 27 brings down the same thing would be for some sort of a food that's stuck together to something else. You should first separate it and then go make the bracha. If it's something that's dirty on it, so separate the dirty part off first and then make the bracha, so you should make the bracha on something that's nice and clean. Likewise, Tishu foot number 28 says if you're making a bracha on a fruit, so the Shulchan Aruch Harav brings down that you shouldn't go and cut that fruit up into pieces before you make the bracha, because there's a mitzvah in Amuchar to go make the bracha on a sholem, on a complete fruit. Aye, what about the hefzik? He says that's not a hefzik, because that's part of the mitzvah to make it on the sholem. And there's no concern for an interruption over here, because there's no other way to eat it other than cutting it up after you made the bracha. Mr. Brew brings down another reason why you should smash the walnut first, then make the bracha, and then eat it. Because maybe when you crack it open, you're not going to find the tasty inside, and you're not going to want to eat it. In a rule of bracha, it's actually going to be spoiled inside. You didn't know this; it was closed in the shell, and therefore you've now made a bracha that was unnecessary. 
And what about for other fruits? This has already been discussed, and uh, we'll see this inside in Deir Shufut number 30. The first let's do Deir Shufut number 29. He brings down, If you're opening up a fruit, you want to see that there are no insects inside of it. So the Kafachayim writes, If it's at all possible, You should try to, so to say, close up the fruit. So you cut it open, then put the two halves back together as much as possible, so it looks like it's a sholem when you make the bracha, as we've already mentioned, it's a mitzvah namucha. Dishavu number 30 brings down that even if peeling the fruit isn't going to take a very long time, and therefore wouldn't be such a delay, you shouldn't wait to peel it until after the bracha. If you're dealing with a type of a fruit, let's say like an orange, which the, the peel is not really edible, so then it's still called the shalem when you have the entire peeled orange, so therefore peel it first, and then make the bracha, and then eat it. And this is the opinion of the Kafa Chaim and the Arach HaShulchan. And Ravazan Zatzal adds on in the Kovitz Mideis HaLevi, the minig of the Chassam Sofa was, when you eat an apple, he would peel it, but he would try to leave the peel intact. So he'd peel it in a way that all the peel was still attached part to it, to each other, and then he would, so to say, put the peel back on it and make the bracha when Roshalim, and then just rip that last little piece of peel off and take a bite. Now we go back to the Mechaber. The Mechaber tells us, When you're making a bracha, it should be audible to your ear. However, you are Yotzi if you didn't hear the bracha, as long as you mouthed the bracha. Even though you didn't hear it, but you actually mouthed it, so then you are Yotzi. As opposed to, if you just thought the bracha, then you're not Yotzi. Mishnah Brewer in Sivkot Yud Gimel explains, Avalam here believe was a bracha. If you just think the bracha in your heart, lo yotza, you in fact are not yotzi in that situation, as we've already discussed. Vayin leel b'simen kuf pehei siv beis b'mishnah Brewer or b'simen samach beis v'bir halacha sov dibra mas lo yotza, where many of these halachas have already previously been discussed. A person should ideally say every bracha out loud, every tefil out loud. He shouldn't think them in his heart, but as long as you mouth them, you are yotze, even though you did not actually hear the bracha. The issue footnote number 31 brings down that even if you didn't actually make any audible sound, but you did mouth it, so Shlomo Zalman says, Bidyeved, you are Yotze as well also. The issue footnote number 32 explains the reason why if you think it, it's no good, because hearer lav kedibur. You didn't say the bracha, you just thought it, and that's not adequate. Mechaber continues and he writes, Vinem marim b'choloshen. You can make a bracha in any language. It doesn't have to be in Hebrew. The Mishnah Brewer explains in Sivkot Yudalib, Ein leel kuf pehei, Sif Aleph, Mishnah Brewer, we already discussed this din previously as well. The issue foot number 34 reminds us that this is talking about Rak imaven es haloshen hazu. If you understand French, you can make a bracha in French. However, if you don't understand French, you can't. And he reminds us, Everybody should ideally say the brachos and the tefilos in Hebrew, because even if you don't understand Hebrew, you're Yotze with that no matter what, and it's preferable to make sure that you encapsulate all of the deep thoughts that the Chazal and Sheknesses and others put into these tefilos and brachos when you say them in a foreign language. Even if you understand it, you may not encapsulate all of that. Therefore, it's always better to say a bracha in Hebrew. The Mechaber continues and he writes, arum, A person should not make any bracha when he's naked until he covers up his erva, until his genital area is covered up. But what are we talking about? The Medvar Mamurim, we're talking here about Be'ish, with a man. However, Avol Isha, a woman, since Yosheves, Uponea Shemata Tuchos Bekaka, a woman, albeit she may not be dressed, but if she were to sit down on the floor, her genital area would be covered up. The Osu Malkum over there would be covered up by sitting down. So therefore, Kibazem Eskaser Vasa, since her erva is technically covered up, so 
she could technically make a bracha. Certainly not optimal, but the bracha would be acceptable. As opposed to a man, unless he covers himself up, his erva is always going to be visible, even if he's sitting on the ground. The Mishbur explains in Sivkot and Tesvav, Shagid v'abetzim, because the organ of the man and the testicles bolt in the near, and they are projected out from the body, and they would be visible even if you're sitting down on the ground. Below mahani, below kisu, and it's not adequate unless they're actually physically covered. But if the woman sits down on the ground, so technically her oso makum is covered, Pirush is explaining because her oso makum is covered up, attached to the ground, so to say, when she sits down on the ground. You should be covered up enough that you shouldn't be able to see any part of her even from the side. Because the agavos as well, the certain areas of the buttock over there are also considered erva. Brought down in the name of the base Yosef. The Mugin of Rav disagrees and says that the buttocks are not considered Erev over there. And he says, He says, The Vilna Gon also holds that way. And he says, They pass in more Luchumer like the Beis Yosef. And therefore, One should be careful in this situation, or should only under most extenuating circumstances ever make a bracha like that anyway. The issue of number 36 brings down Amlan the Bir Halacha in Simon Ayin Gimel. He brings down Bipshitu Shal Agvos Eindin Erva. The Badak doesn't have a din of Erva and Lemaisa, a person should never try to make a bracha while they're not dressed, but if uh, extenuating circumstances, so the woman could rely upon this if there is no alternative. The issue number 35 brings down if a person makes a bracha without his head being covered, a man, so the prima godam writes down, and based upon the Aruch HaShulchan as well, that the person would be yotze, even though his head wasn't covered. L'chatrila, it should of course be covered when you make a bracha. And certainly, if it's not a shasat chak, so we certainly would never want to make any bracha without a person being covered appropriately, his entire body that should be covered. And this is true even if you're being yotze with somebody else making a bracha. Dishavut number 36 continues and says, based upon the bach and the prima godim and the kafachayim, also lishmoes a bracha kishuarim o kishuroshim You can't listen to a bracha to be yotze with when you're uncovered or your head is uncovered because hashomea dino kaone, because of the din of shomea kaone. So it's as if you're saying it, and if you're not supposed to say it lichatrila with your head being uncovered and even bidievid with your body being uncovered, so then you shouldn't listen to such a bracha as well. Mechaber continues and he writes, "Vafilum ain't a Even if a person isn't totally naked, but for example, in libo roas erva, there is no break or gartel or covering between his heart and his genitals. Osherosh magula, or his head is uncovered. Osalavarach, as we've already mentioned, and we've learned these halachas previously, a person should not make a bracha in that situation. Siv Dalit. The writes, If a person is making any bracha to eat something or to drink something, or to smell something, the proper way to do this is he should hold that item that he's making the bracha on in his right hand as he's making the bracha. The purpose of this is so it should be immediately available to him, but also the right side shows chashivas and importance, so you should hold it in the right hand rather than in the left hand. Mr. Bruins of Kotnit Zayin explains, the reason for this, so you'll also be able to have in mind immediately on what you're making the bracha when you're holding it. That's a din l'chatchila, because in even if you only made the bracha, the apple sitting on the table in front of you, and you weren't holding it in your hand, so if you didn't hold it in your hand, but you made the bracha on that apple, and then you eat the apple without a hefzik, so then you are yotze bidi as we've already learned, and as we will learn. 
you have to hold in your right hand. Why? Hatam mishum chashivus. Again, this is an importance to the right hand. And a lefty beitriyad as linam bosu yamin usmol diday. Lo bosu alba. And a lefty holds it in his left hand. And this is mashlam yichudushi rukiva egev v'chaymashlam mugin avram. Likewise, it's true for any time you make a bracha. You should always hold it in the right hand, the shasa bracha at the time of the bracha. He says, You shouldn't stab something with your, a knife and hold the knife in your hand, even in your right hand, because knives are shortening lives and brachas lengthen lives. If you're asking a friend to give you a safer, you should take it in the right hand. That concludes today's share.